right, Dad's Right, Season 2, Episode 4. Thanks for tuning in, and away we go. Good times, bad times. Back back to just the two of us for this week and you know i was looking at the uh, statistics that we have now with the the new app that we use to put the podcast up and it's now just a little over 700 downloads and if you add in the 300 that we had in with our old uh app that we used that means we had over 1000 downloads of our podcast Woo! that's fun yeah and only some people do that in a week. It took us twenty something weeks, but that's all right. It's fine. We're getting there. Game and steam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, I, I've been walking the dog at night. So that's been been kind of a pleasant experience. And now she's in the beginning. The, the first time we went, we went almost three kilometers, and uh, when we got back, I had to carry her up the last hill. And now she does the three kilometers solid on her own. So she's she's coming along. Oh, that's good. Good for her. Yeah. Little. It's a long. I was thinking, you know, how many steps does she take? Because her legs are like three inches long, right? Like, And they're yeah. always like, she must take thousands of steps in those three kilometers. She can strap a Fitbit on her one day and see what it's like. <laughs> yeah. uh, I see... California passed a law allowing trans prisoners to be housed by gender identity, which oh, I have in good. the I have it in good times. But prisoners aren't necessarily the most understanding, and it could lead to some, uh, you know, it could lead to some bad times. Let's put it that way. Yeah, possibly, possibly. It's not, um, you know, they aren't. People aren't in there because of their hospitality. Well, if you're, like, in a, a low-security prison where, like, you know, not a lot of violent crimes, then you might be fine. Yeah, uh, I mean, maybe. But is it every prison, or was it just the low-security prisons? No, I, I just think it'll be fine across most prisons. I imagine the incidents will actually be minimal. But uh, maybe I'm naive. I hope so. We'll see. It's It's a good theory, anyway. Yeah. I saw this week the... Washington football team players wore Brianna Deserves Better t-shirts before the game. So good for them. Yeah. Yeah, very good for them. Can't come up with a name for their football team yet, but they got other <laughs> things set up. You know, one one step at a time. Yeah. And uh, I heard that dogs are perhaps the, perhaps the best coronavirus detectors. They can train dogs to sniff coronavirus. I've heard they can do that for cancer as well but they uh they train them to figure out who has coronavirus it's the fast easy test and nothing needs to be shoved up your brain shoved up into your brain yes (laughs) shoved up your brain (laughs) yes nothing needs to be shoved into your brain that's um that's always nice i i've had the coronavirus tests and when they shove it up there it's it's not you know it's not great yeah it's not super pleasant I would imagine. I haven't had it, but I'm uh, that I'm wait. I'm I don't want to have to do it until they have the spit test at least or the sniff test. I don't know where they sniff you, your breath. 
And what if you just have really bad breath? Does that set them off? <laughs> I hope not. I hope it's a little bit better than that, but you know, who knows? I mean, I don't know. Can you, can you train any dog? Like, I don't think our I don't think our dogs could do it. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I wonder if it's like a specific, like a specific breed. I don't know. You know? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe I didn't. I didn't read that much into it. But it'd also be cheap. Well, I guess. I mean, you got to feed that dog and walk it and pick up dog poo. But yeah, gross dog poo. <laughs> you got good times. Uh, yeah, I got one, one, one thing for good time, which is, you know, Cal- another California one where I read that they are planning to follow the lead of many European countries and have legislated to phase out carbon emitting cars in the state by 2035, which is, uh, you know, it gives them 15 years, which is not too long, but not too short, but it's. I mean, I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but I do think it's an important step because cars are one of the big polluting influences. I mean, there are definitely far worse things, and and industry is the real problem, but, I mean, everything we can do to at least buy more time, you know? Well, and even, even, you know, beyond that, just looking at the practical, there is... There's lots of oil right now, but it is a depleting resource. There's It won't last forever. So at some point, we got to get on to something else. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like yeah. It's not it's not a renewal. It's not a tree. You can't plant more oil. So, No, not at all. You absolutely cannot plant more oil. <laughs> and I think a lot of people don't... Like, when we talk about moving towards a greener future and stuff, like, so many people seem to not think about that aspect of, like, it is outside of climate change it becomes necessary in that we will eventually run out of oil yeah and that's not just that's not just i mean i mean homes are heated with natural gas and that's i know that's different but our house is heated with with oil furnace oil and that comes from crude our gas our cars run on gas which comes from crude I think propane is a byproduct of crude. I'm not 100% sure on that one, though. You might be able to manufacture. I'm sure some of these things you can manufacture chemically in a lab, but right now a lot of there's a lot of by, plastic is made as a byproduct of crude oil. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of industries that are going to be affected once once we run out. Which yeah. won't be in my lifetime or your lifetime, but it will happen. And and really the earlier we start planning for that, the better off we'll be absolutely because you can't it's not something you can you can't flick a switch it takes some innovation and it takes some time to to switch everything over so you, the sooner the better let's let's start doing it but and and the the you know the better uh environment is is just an added bonus yeah and it uh it creates i mean it, you, you lose maybe some oil industry jobs but it creates new industries so you, you gain jobs there it's probably net close to even. Yeah, and that's that's something that I think a lot of people truly do not recognize is that it does create more jobs and a lot of the skills are transferable and a lot of the people who talk about, you know, transitioning away from uh, oil and gas also talk about instituting programs where we can transfer those workers into the new industry and how much of a benefit it truly would be to have them in there because it gives them a leg up. Like, they will be critical for that uh, inevitable transition. Yeah, I don't know how 
transferable some of these things are. I mean, if you're talking about batteries and that, you don't necessarily need someone who's used to, you know, oil oil well repair or something. I mean, I'm sure there's courses you can take, but I, I don't think it's a direct, you did this one day, you do this the next, but, you know. No, no, absolutely. And that's why, like, they talk about, you know, training programs, but, but a lot of the basic skills I'm given to understand are there. Yeah, yeah. Show up to work, I guess. It's the basic skill. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of them, yes. Uh, bad times. Um, coronavirus global death toll passes 1 million, and the U.S. death toll passes 200,000. So that's uh, starting to get up there. It is indeed. That's. I think it's going to keep going up there until they get in a government that takes this seriously. Well, the... And even that... Sorry. Yeah. The the problem is I mean you got well there's lots of problems but there's until there's a until there's a vaccine or you really lock down, you know, even here it's starting to uptick. You know. Oh yeah. So we still have to be vigilant. September is oh, wow. actually on pace to see the highest number of COVID infections since the pandemic began globally. Yeah, it's 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 not doing well anywhere anymore, and I, I don't know exactly why, but... Um, well, I have an idea why, because of things like this. In Florida, they are fully lifting restrictions for restaurants and bars for, for COVID restrictions. Gone. Uh, That's, uh, what's his name, Ron yeah. DeSantos, our good buddy from Florida? Ron DeSantos, yeah. He's, he's, I mean, he's an idiot. I don't know how else to put it at this point. Like, he, he keeps instituting policy around this. It doesn't work. And then when it doesn't work, he puts more po- similar policy. Like, I don't know how many times you can make the same mistake before you're just like, this man is a total idiot. Yeah, well, you know, he, he governor, so he got elected. Yeah, barely. Is that was it, did he did he get more did he did he win the election with more votes or is there some sort of weird thing where they you don't need to no, no. like the presidency he won the election by with more votes but it was a slim slim margin like like there was a recount it was so slim of a margin all right well that's another reason why you should get out and vote <laughs> yeah yeah it's so so important other news coming uh, out this week the there's going to be the grand jury for the Brianna Taylor is finished and there's going to be no indictments of the police officers uh, which is probably not good it seems like they they did some stuff wrong in that instance uh, but you know having said that in the after the decision came out in the ensuing riots a uh, police officer was shot Robinson Denroche he's shot during the following protests after that so you know you can't it's not the answer to start shooting the cops. Yeah, I heard the one of the cops said he was shot, but he actually shot himself. Uh, I don't know. This was two people together. I think they got shot. Maybe it's... I'm not sure. Yeah, have to I, read that. That. I read that. I've seen it a few places now where a cop said um, he was shot by protesters, but he had actually shot himself. And By accident? I don't know if... On, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't remember, or I don't even know if I ever even saw if it was by accident or 
on purpose. That was an episode of Voyager, wasn't it? Um, maybe Jake was on some planet doing something and some guy didn't want to be on the front. Oh yeah. Deep space nine. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It was on episode deep space nine for sure. It absolutely was. Yeah. But yeah. So I don't know if, if, if it was on purpose or by accident, but I I also don't know if it, I mean, I feel like it's probably by accident, but at the end of the day, that's, it's not really the point if he's blaming it on protesters. No, I don't think he obviously, if he shot himself, he shouldn't be blaming it on the protesters. Yeah. I think what's important to keep in mind when thinking about this, as I've seen several times, is um, don't judge a protest by the worst protesters if you're not going to judge uh, the, like, the police by their worst police. That, did I say that right? I think so, yeah. Now, this like, is a different... Hold- I just Googled it, so it's... Officer John Michael Goulet initially said he was shot in the leg by protesters, but he shot himself. But this is Officer Robinson Denroche. He was shot by protesters. Okay. Did it say if he shot himself by accident or on purpose? Uh, I don't know. I didn't read the whole article. My phone's yeah. dying, so. Yeah. And you're on it, so I can't. I don't want to use up the battery too much. Yeah, uh, it looks like an accident. Okay. Well. Yeah. He'd probably have to be some sort of psychopath with a with a vengeance against the protesters to shoot himself. Yeah, because that's got to sting. Yeah, no, it's, I'm sure it doesn't feel good. Over to you, bad times? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have any news bad times. Not that there's not uh, plenty of options, but I uh, bad times for me, like, personally, dealing... Trying to get student loans when I can't go do stuff in person has been absolute hell. Oh, yeah, because, that's right. Because I'm having to communicate everything. Normally, I'm communicating with the government of the Northwest Territories where I get my student loans. I communicate with them via email, and they tell me, send me these forms, and then you can get your loans. And I say, okay. And so I go in to the office, like the Student Connect office on campus, I say, I need these forms and I need you to fill out this and give me my official transcript and all that. They hand me a package, I scan it and mail it to, um, and email it to the NWT and it's, you know, it's like, uh, it takes a bit, you know, there's some waiting, but it's relatively straightforward. Right. But because the office, the Student Connect office on campus is closed completely, so everything has to be requested online. So all the forms and stuff, I've had to submit. I'd have, I've had to order like my transcript and a whole bunch of those stuff through the mail. So I had to wait for those to arrive in the mail. They can't email it to you? Nope. They won't email it to me. I tried. I asked. I was like, I really need this. And they're like, sorry. So I had to wait for it to arrive in the mail. And then for the forms that I need them to fill out, I emailed them to them. And I thought, I'll save myself some time. I'll email it to them. And then they'll do their side. And then I'll get it back, write it, print it, email it off. Right. So I sent it off to them and they said, you have to fill out your portion first. And that wasn't a big deal in the end because then I just filled it out sent it back to them and they eventually got back to me but 
They took a few days to get back to me on both ends, which delayed even more when I could finish my application. Yeah. And I don't understand why they couldn't have just done their part. Yeah, no, that doesn't make any like, sense. Why did I have to fill my part first? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. We're so, not doing ours till you do yours. Yeah, it makes no sense. It's so stupid. So I just finished getting all the stuff in three, four days ago. Yeah. Which means I'm I'm not going to get the tuition money in time to pay tuition, but that's fine. I'll just pay it of pocket and then save what they give me. Yeah. But what sucks is that I will probably miss my September um, expenses payment. Completely like miss it? Just, yeah, I don't think they do back payments. I think if you're that late, they just don't give you the month. But surely if you explain in the email you send them that it's due to the COVID, they must send hey, it to you. I mean, I, I sent them. If they don't, I might, like, call somebody. But I, I did explain in the email I sent them, like, I'm sorry this is taking so long. Dealing with the university has been hell. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll see. If they don't give it to me, I might try to squeeze it out of them. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I might not get September. I would definitely call somebody. Like, they have to be a little bit flexible in the with COVID and understanding that things aren't running quite normally. And well, I hope so. I would expect we'll they see. they tend to be pretty good up in the NWT. They tend to treat people fairly well, so I would expect I would expect you would get it. It's not you know it's not it's not a normal year, and you were lazy and didn't get it in. Yeah. You know, it's, so I I would expect that you'll get you'll get it, but you'll have to keep us posted. Yeah, well, we'll see. I will. Anyway, that's my bad time. And you said um, you we were talking about Lauren was on last week, but they've moved the walks to every other week now, rather than every week. Yeah, because every week was just a bit too much for people as they try to do everything in their lives. They couldn't commit uh, that much time. And you know how busy the especially the second years are, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, everyone is definitely very busy. I mean, I feel very busy half the time. And how many I classes have, do you actually have? Three. Um, I do. I think I have four classes, um, and I have one class a day except Wednesday when I have two classes. Then you have to log into them at specific times, and it's a Zoom call or whatever sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then will so, you have more next semester now because you have less than you're supposed to this semester? Well, well, you know what? Here's actually another another bad time thing to slip in. Yes, all the all extra classes were moved till next semester and next semester was extended until June in the hopes that it would be in person. But university announced a few days ago that all of winter will be remote. All of winter will be remote. Yes, but you can apply for exceptions. So, the chair will be applying for an exception for us. Will we get it? Who knows? But a lot of possibilities are being floated, um, including that for our final big shows that the past three years or two years have been building up to will be performed with no audience. Oh, wow, that sucks. So, I mean, everything's very up in the air right now, so we'll see how it actually goes. But um, my class is slowly losing all hope for anything good. 
Yeah. Can't they just like sneak the parents in and sit us like it's a big theater. We don't need to sit side by side. Well, it's actually not that big of a theater, but uh, it's about 300 seats. But, right, um, but you, there's 12 of you or 11 of you in the class. So if everybody had two parents or, you know, four parents, that's that's only 50 people that are coming. That's plenty of yeah. space in a 300-seat theater. Yeah, maybe. And, I don't know. We'll and see. parents don't have to come to every show. Like, you know, whatever one you're in, we can go to that one and then... Whatever one you have, like, the most major role in, and other kids have a major role in the other one, they go to that one. So not everybody has to come to see each show. We won't go see each show. We're thousands of miles, thousands of miles away. Yeah. But we'd like to see one. Yeah, well, well, we'll, we'll see. I'll definitely keep you updated on that as well. Yeah, well, your sister has, has uh, no set class times, except for she has one class Wednesday, 4 to 5.20, I think. And the rest is call is all asynchronous learning, which means it's all out there, and she can, she just has to do one one unit a week on each subject. But there's it's all on her own timeline, and she's doing what? well. I would suck at it, but she's doing well. That's good. What uh, what does she have in person, or not in person? But what does she have like at a specific time? Uh, it's 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 like a. TA class for one of the classes that the rest of it's asynchronous. It's one of her psych classes. I don't know which one. Crazy. Yeah. There's a kind of hush all over the world. Tonight, all over the world. You can hear the sound. All over the world. Moving on. Uh, following up on the Alexei Nelvaney poisoning, if you remember, he's the opposition. I said that in quotes. It's it's not a video medium, so you can't tell, but the opposition leader in Russia, and he is, he is a legitimate opposition leader as much as there is an opposition, is what I was trying to say. Uh, he, yes. he is recovering in Germany from his from his poisoning, so that's good news. Glad to hear he's making a recovery. Don't know if he's going to go back to Russia. I probably wouldn't, but <laughs> think I'd stay I mean, away or, or hire a food taster. I guess I don't know. Yeah, he clearly loves. I mean, to be the quote unquote official opposition to Vladimir Putin, you, you clearly have some sort of profound devotion and love for your country. So he might go back. Yeah, I guess he will probably die the next time. Yeah, yeah, probably. I doubt Putin would uh, let him live twice. He'd be much more sure next time. Yeah. In um, Qatar Airways had to get $2 billion in state aid because of the COVID depression. And, you know, there's just nobody flying, right? They also had yeah. some They also had some bad... Uh, they invested in Air Italy or something, and that went bankrupt. So they lost all that money and a, and a few other, few other things that, along with the virus, it meant nobody was flying. So, two billion dollars from the government—that is a lot of money. Yeah, well, Qatar has a lot of money. They do, they do, but, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're right. They have a lot of oil money, so maybe it's not all taxes. Maybe it's not quite the same here. Maybe it's just just oil money and they're like here you go keep flying because i need to get places yeah could be there was a zookeeper in spain who was injured after being attacked by a 200 kilogram gorilla left her with two broken arms and chest and head injuries she said she was carrying out a routine cleaning and morning feeding 
feeding tasks when uh, the gorilla, I forgot to write down the gorilla's name, uh, attacked her. They don't really know why. He's been there for 18 years and has been quite friendly to the staff. But something about something about her rubbed him the wrong way that morning. Maybe I, it's about something about being locked in a cage for 18 years kind of gets to you. Could have been. Could have been. He he was born there, though. He was born in captivity, so it was all he ever knew. Yeah, it's still it's just not good for animals. I have a lot of mixed feelings about zoos. Yeah, same. I mean, especially I think that in some in some ways, like the real big zoos where they're they're sort of in their natural habitat, not in small uh, penned in areas, are important because they do a lot of preservation of endangered and and species and whatnot. Yeah, they, a lot they, of can't, they can't be hunted in a zoo, obviously. Yeah. Whereas if they weren't in a yeah. zoo, they they may be hunted. Some zoos have brought species back from the brink of extinction, absolutely. But then there's other zoos that, you know, where, where animals are in cages that are way too small and not not cleaned properly. Now, I think this was, you know, this was in, I think it was Madrid. So it's a, probably a decent zoo, I'm assuming, if it's in the capital of Spain and it's their zoo. So imagine, you know, a bit probably like the Toronto Zoo, which has maybe. some pretty big enclosures for their animals. Uh, maybe not. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It Maybe not. But either way, it was too bad because they had to put the gorilla down after. So uh, I feel like maybe even if even if it is as much a death sentence, couldn't you have just like released it back into the wild or released it into the wilds for the first time? Like, it definitely doesn't have the skills to survive on its own, but at least you're giving it something of a chance. Uh, I don't think that's a chance. That's probably meaner. You think so? Yeah, I mean, it'd probably starve to death. Uh, maybe. I don't know. It doesn't know how to get food for itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, at a certain point, you're just hungry, and you're like, all right, well, I'm going to eat something. Gorillas are, are one of the smarter animals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know, if you were dropped down and they'd be like putting you in the middle, you know, but you don't know what you can eat. What can eat you? Like it's. But, I but think gorillas animals have better like senses of smell and instincts and stuff. Yeah, maybe maybe they you could catch on with a another band of gorillas. Yeah, I, I don't. And they know. could teach them like a reverse Tarzan. Yeah, exactly. I just generally think that zoos are too quick to put down animals for being animals. Yeah, well that I I would I wouldn't argue with that. Do you eventually these are wild animals. If you're going to be in the cage and and not have any sort of barrier between you and the animal, eh, I, there's a chance it's going to attack you. Yeah, like and you can't you can't hold them to the same standards that you would hold a person. Yeah, it's not like, "Hey, Charles, what are you doing?" <laughs> Stop that. Yeah. No means no. Stop <laughs> breaking my arms. Yeah, exactly. No, there's not there's it's, not a lot of reasoning. Yeah. So it's it's like, oh, this animal is acting like an animal. Time to kill it. Yeah. No, it's I would agree with that. It's it's us that's sort of taking over their space in a lot of a lot of places. Yeah, so They recently up uh they recently I was reading an article in the um I think it was Cabin News which is a radio station, but it's not a radio station. It's a web radio station, for lack of a better word, because I don't know what they're called when it's not a radio. A web streaming (laughs) station, I guess? Sure. From from Yellowknife. And I think they also have news articles up there, because I like to keep in touch of what's going on up there. And 
I guess a bear got into the the camp at one of I think one of the one of the mines up there. The bear got in into the building, uh, and they managed to sort of shoo it out the first time. But then it got in a second time, and they had to put it down. But because I mean, it could kill somebody. But again, it's an animal being an animal. You put a building there, he's going to be curious. Yeah, like don't. Why not trank him and you know trank him and put him five hundred miles from the from the camp. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. We are so quick. As soon as it's like a nuisance, then we we will kill an animal, even even though ninety percent of the time it's us going into their space. Although I gotta say, it, it surprised me a little bit because there's at that site that I know uh, they typically like if there is a bird in the there if there's a bird crossing the road, they're not allowed. They'll stop production. They'll stop a truck if a truck's carrying ore from the pit to the to the um, main camp to the processing facility, and there's a bird or some sort of animal crossing the road. They're not allowed within I don't know a hundred meters of it. They have to wait. They can't honk. They can't do anything. They have to wait for that bird to leave on its own before they can go again. And that's at that's at a huge cost, right? You've stopped production on a on a mine. To yeah. wait for this animal to cross the road at its own free will, like given its own time, you aren't allowed to sh- shoo it or anything. So yeah. I'm I'm a bit surprised because they they do normally go out of their way to try to save to save as the wildlife and and treat the wildlife with as much respect as possible. So I was a bit surprised that this happened there, but I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. In Belarus, we've talked about belarus a couple times 50th day of the protests there and they had a hundred thousand people march on the capital you know what the population of belarus is uh 103,000 there's 3,000 people that didn't go (laughs) no i don't know (laughs) uh i don't know either but they 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 say that as soon as you get three percent of the population in protest it is supposedly like that's all you need. To, that's all you need for what? For like protest to be successful or for it to be revolution or, or something like that. That's that's the number I've heard quoted quite a few times. Like enough times for me to think, well, this is clearly some sort of thing. But uh, I'm looking at nine, nine million, like, ten million, basically. Nine and a half mil. Yeah. I don't think a hundred thousand is three percent. No, no, not quite yet. So it's like one percent. A hundred thousand. Yeah. If there was ten million, it's it's. One percent. So it's a little less than one percent. Yeah, they need. It's a little more because there isn't ten million people. There's nine and a half. Oh yes, yes, a little more one percent. But still, they. Uh, it's not nothing. That's good. That it's. You know, it's gone on for fifty days. That's not nothing either in an authoritarian regime. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Like if it like it would be shocking to hear about fifty days of protest in North Korea or China or Russia. Yeah, for sure. No, you don't. Well, you don't hear it. It doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that's not nothing, and maybe maybe something will come of it. Who knows? It's not you know not to belittle the struggles of the people of Belarus, but you know Belarus is not it's not one of like the the major dictators of the world. But if it's successful, one less dictator, one more democratic country is uh, always a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it can take the place of the states. Yeah, and in uh, in COVID COVID vaccine news. One of the vaccines 
needs some chemical that apparently can only be found in shark livers. So they may have to kill half a million sharks in order to get this ingredient for the COVID vaccine. See, to me, that feels a little bit like shooting yourself in the foot to kill a bug. Because... It's like shooting somebody else in the foot to kill a bug. <laughs> well, yes, but but also like one of the one of the biggest problems coming out of the most immediate problem coming out of COVID is going to be like economic recession. But closely behind that is going to be like climate change and then ecological collapse. And I don't know if we want to. An ecological collapse is going to be like the worst thing that's ever happened to humanity. And I don't know if we want to help that along. And the second term of Trump might be up there too. Yes, but I don't know if we want to help like ecological collapse along for the sake of fixing coronavirus. If it's only one of the vaccines, like, like I, I feel like there's no way that's the only way to cure corona. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'm naive. Maybe it's just the fastest. I don't know. I but, just think there has to be a way, and if there's a better way, even if it's slower, it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many shark. I mean, I don't think it's five hundred thousand great whites. Maybe it's like a shark that there's ten million of them or ten billion of them or something. I have no idea. Ten billion of any shark? Well, I don't know. Little ones, <laughs> little sharks. I don't know. I doubt that you get enough out of a tiny little shark's liver. Maybe the uh, yeah. I, you're right. I I yeah. I don't know. I don't know how big shark. I don't know how big a shark liver you need. It does feel like is isn't there another like. Can't you synthesize the chemical? Once you have it, can't we then just synthesize it? Is that too, is that not is that too Star Trek? Don't can't don't we have the ability to do that? <laughs> not with a replicator, but like with in a lab. Do we not yeah, have the I ability mean, to synthesize chemicals? You would think like you would think you would only need a little bit, like just just a few. And then but, you can reproduce it yeah, in exactly. a lab. It won't be the exact same, but it you can make it chemically just like just like they grow diamonds, right? Like you can re- you can make stuff in a lab. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, they don't have to kill five hundred thousand sharks. Yeah, it's, it felt like a lot. Yeah, I'm googling. I'm trying to figure out what what shark breed has the most in the world. Mm. But and this just really goes to show how we view sharks because everything is about. The most shark-infected waters and the and the uh, frequency of attacks. Yeah, well, but Shark Week doesn't help their public image. Sharks are very misunderstood. Well, they should stop eating people. They don't really, though. But they do. No, there are so few shark attacks. Well, uh, they, and actually, I don't think they eat people. I think they kill them thinking it's another creature, and then they actually find them not so tasty. I mean, maybe you'd eat one, maybe they'd eat a human if they were starving, but I think they prefer seal. Yeah, but I think they we're do. too. I think we're too bony for the mo- for the most part. I mean, you could say that all around, but uh, anyway, sharks don't attack people as much as people think they do. Sharks don't attack people. People attack people. Yeah, <laughs> it depends. Obviously, in Canada, there's not a lot of shark attacks. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a top killer in the world but it does happen it's not like there never happens it happens a few times a year you hear about it especially in you know in australia in the waters off australia 
There's there's a uh, number. Yeah, a bunch of animals just attack you sometimes. Gorillas but... in the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> All right, welcome oh, to TNT. Um, Trudeau and Trump, and uh, you know what? For me, this this week, a lot of my Trudeau has nothing to do or little to do with Trudeau. So, That's but funny. you know, it's Canadian politics, yeah. so I put it in there. Sure, it, fall, yeah. it all falls under him. Yeah, exactly. It's all he's the JT face politics right now. Yes, the bearded face. Mm-hmm. Starting off with, I think the thing that has the most to do with Trudeau, the throne speech is has happened now on the twenty third, and weren't sure if it was going to be supported or if we were going to have an October election. But it's looking like the NDP are going to support the throne speech after some negotiations and after. Uh, the Liberals have agreed to extend some paid sick leave and keep, not Serb, because they're transitioning to Serb, uh, or away from Serb, but uh, whatever it is that they're transitioning to. EI. Yeah, but to keep it the same amount as Serb, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So they would, Let's be honest, they, they were going to support them, even if the Liberals said, we're not doing that, we're not doing that, we're not doing that. I think the Liberals threw them a few bones to so they could save face a bit, but... The NDP didn't have a leg to stand on here. Yeah, yeah, no, possibly not. But still, I think they got some good things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so, but overall, I thought the throne speech was full of some promises that are exciting, and I can promise you will not be capped. Yeah, I, you know, I mentioned it here as well. I said, uh, you know, Trudeau promises a greener, healthier more compassionate and fairer Canada, supposed to help both families and businesses. It sounds like a great, great plan, but there was no details in the plan, and maybe that isn't this. Maybe the throne speech isn't the part for that. Maybe the budget is the actual place where you lay out the details. But it would have been yeah. nice. You don't need to be super specific, but it would have been nice to say how they plan on doing all this, given the current state of the economy. Yeah, and also. These are lines we've been hearing from Trudeau and, in fact, just liberals in general for years and decades. They constantly talk about big game and then they never pull through. Yeah, well, it's a bit like it's sort of the opposite of the conservatives, right, who who pander to the far right, but then, you know, for the most part, don't govern to the far right, really. not They're right, but they're not like extremist right, like down the, down the states, but... So it's sort of the opposite of that from the liberals. They sort of pander to the left, and then both they both sort of lean into the center of their respective sides once they actually get some power to try not to yeah. to try to upset the fewest people. Yeah. Well, I would say that the Harper government and their majority government did not really lean into the center, but but historically, like when the progressive conservatives got power and stuff, yeah, and definitely the liberals always, always, always big talk campaign to the left to keep the NDP from getting votes and then just govern from the center or just center left. But yeah, so I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Maybe, maybe it will all happen. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. It's, it's 2020. Yeah, exactly. So maybe just everything that was in the throne speech will happen and it'll go down wonderfully and COVID will disappear and everyone will be happy. Who knows? Fingers crossed. Uh, Yeah. Um, but moving away from the throne speech in Trudeau to one of our smaller parties, the Green Party is having their leadership election all week. All, um, all week? Yeah. What, you get are they voting emailed. by stone tablet? <laughs> 
No, you get you get emailed a ballot, and it's a ranked ballot. So you rank. I mean, it's very straightforward the way you're voting. You rank, you know, the people from one to to nine. There are eight candidates, but you're also allowed to vote none of the above. So you rank one to nine, and then you submit your ballot. What if none have. of the above wins? Um, then I, I imagine you go back into the campaign, or or maybe you give it to the second place. I think if none of the above wins, you got to scrap all eight candidates and find some new ones. Yeah, maybe. But I don't want to win. But anyway, voting is open all week. You 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 have a week to submit your ballot. Oh, okay. And it's all online. Oh, that's good. So you're going to vote? Yeah, I did. I did vote. Okay. Did you vote none of the above? Uh, I put none of the above as eight. Oh, who did who did none of the above beat? Uh, a man named Dimitri Lascarius, I think his name is. Oh, yeah. And to be honest, I like his policies more than most of the candidates, but um, he has a anti-Semitic past. Mm. So when it comes to policy, I'd actually rate him above a lot of the people who I put above none of the above. But uh, I just, I mean, my, my tolerance for anti-Semitism is zero. So I he's he's under none of the above right but otherwise i mean i believe when you come to a ranked choice ballot in ranking everybody so even the some people who i i really hope don't win i i ranked above none of the above right but, you could uh, have ranked them below none of the above if none of the above was an option i could have but i i didn't want to do that i i wanted to give everybody uh i don't know maybe nothing but i voted i i don't think the person i voted for on number one is going to win but she might come second or third Right. I think the person who I put as fourth is going to win. Who's that? Um, and even though, sorry. Who was that? Oh, his name is David Murner. Okay. And uh, even though I put him as fourth, I actually wouldn't be too upset with him winning because the top, my top four candidates, I like them all pretty well. That's good. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about it. One of the people running, a woman named Dr. Courtney Howard, uh, is from the Northwest Territories. Oh wow! Where'd yeah. you rank her? Uh, I think I put her fifth, maybe sixth. Yeah. Uh. I thought she ran kind of a lackluster campaign, and you know, when voting in the Green Party election, one of the things I, I sort of had to consider by necessity is, is this somebody who has the charisma and power to elevate this party? Yeah. Like, you can elect a leader of the Liberal Party, and he can be kind of meh, and end up being Prime Minister, like this one. Because it's the Liberal Party, it's already on the forefront, it's already considered a possible government, they don't need to work at, you know, hopefully we get five seats this time, right? Yeah. So I, I think right now in the Greens you need a powerhouse leader, and I just didn't think it was her. Even right. though I thought some of her ideas were fine, I just didn't think she could do it. So. Well, it'll be interesting. Hopefully uh, someone can sort of pick up the mantle from Elizabeth May. Like I said, they were the they were the party that I liked the most when we lived in the NWT because they were the only party that wanted to put a nuclear reactor up there for power, which I thought made a lot of sense. Yeah, and they're actually pretty torn on nuclear power right now. It's a bit of a policy debate, but I'm I'm generally pro. So we'll they got they got to they just have to change their name. They're never going to win as the Green Party. Yeah, well, we'll see if it happens. Um, but speaking of them winning or at least gaining seats, um, I recently learned about a very small but growing movement called the One-Time Alliance for Democratic Reform, which is another organization that needs to change its name, because that is not short, snappy, it's, it's a lot of big words, and it's going to lose people on the O-tad? name. But, O-tad? O-tadder? O-tadder? <laughs> yeah, O-tadder. 
Um, but what it is, and it's getting attention um, from some of the Green Party leadership candidates and some from NDP uh, riding associations, but it basically proposes that for one election, the NDP and the Green cooperate and, you know, only run the best chance candidate in each riding, like right. there be an NDP or a Green. So, and they so gather- no Greens. Well, that's not necessarily true. No, no, well, three, well, three Greens. Yeah. Yeah. But, but anyway, in doing that, they hope to force a minority parliament where they together hold the balance of power and with that force through electoral reform into a proportional representation system and then after that the problem is the only people that helps are the people that don't have the power to do it it hurts the liberals it hurts the conservatives yeah even in a minority why they won't do it they won't do it why would they they'll just have another election they don't care yeah they got tons of money I don't think that the conservatives would ever do it, but the fact of it is 84% of registered liberals support proportional representation, and if, and even some liberal MPs do, so I think in a minority situation, if you pressured with a liberal minority, if you pressured them enough, it could happen. It might help the liberals a little bit. I mean, it would help them in Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. You know? Yeah, and it might not but, hurt them that much in, in Ontario and Quebec. Exactly. It definitely so hurt it, them a bit, but it might not hurt them that much. Yeah, I think you could do it with a liberal minority. No way in hell the conservatives do it, because they would never be in power again, right? Yeah. Because if you look at like, the last election, a plurality of Canadians voted conservative. More people voted conservative than any other party. But the vast majority voted not conservative voted right. left, left-wing to some degree. So... We'll see if that happens. Even if it, uh, even if it happens, it's I'd I'd be shocked. I, I just don't I just don't think the appetite's there. It needs to be more grassroots. It can't be. It can't come from a political party. It needs to come from the people. It needs to be a demand from the people. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, if you elect, they elected enough people who said that they were going to push it through. That's something. Well, this that is it. Happened. If 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 the Greens or the NDPs can actually make this an issue. And their other ideas are not awful. And they can make this an issue and they can run on this issue alone and they can actually form a government, then it might happen. And that it's probably the NDPs. It's probably not the Green. Yeah, or they a need, coalition. Or they might be able to form a government if they did something like that and make some sort of NDP Green government coalition. Yeah, it's just not. The Green's just irrelevant. Like, what are you talking? Like, three, four seats? Like the, I mean, unless NDPs are just missing a majority by three seats. You know. Well, I mean, they had... First of all, that's not unheard of. That's exactly what's happening in the B.C. provincial legislature right now. Yeah, it's not um, unheard of, but it's but it would be fortunate. When I, think, I mean, the, the in the last elections, the Greens had a shot at 12 seats. They fell far short of that, but they did have a shot at 12 seats. And, and 12 seats might be all you need. I mean, right now, the Liberals are only short about 20. Yeah, but they don't have... I mean, they didn't get 12. They had a shot at 12. Then we get three. No, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. If like if the NDP pulled out of those twelve, then the Greens might get those twelve. Did any of those twelve go NDP? A lot of them did, yeah. Uh, and a lot of them went. Some of them went NDP. Some of them went Liberal. Right. So, um, but so then, if they went NDP, then the Greens should pull out. Like, why would the NDP pull out if it's them when it, if they won it? Yeah, that's true. I think most of them went Liberal, to be honest with you, unless it was in BC. You know, okay, so maybe they get ten. Again, that might be enough. Yeah, I just I don't I don't 
I mean, I don't know. We'll see what the new leader can do. I don't think that their their party's in a position to break through on the next election anyway. I, I think we're a few elections away from them being relevant, and that's only if this leader is is dynamic and, and good and they come up with some good policies. And, yeah. I, and hopefully that happens, but we'll see. But I think you know if 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 we want to do that, and I'm all for it. I I, I think it would also encourage more people to vote because your vote then really tends to matter more. I, I think it's just only good things. Governments need to work better together because really it would be very difficult to get a, an absolute majority. You need you need coalitions in that sort of situation. I think mm-hmm. it only I think it only leads to good to good results if you can do it. It's just that we're in a we're in a we're essentially, you know, we're a two-party system, really. We have a, some minor ones. Occasionally, the NDP gets a bit of a boost, and they almost seem like a third. But it's a two-party system, and the rest are clawing for scraps. Yeah, they're seat fillers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, moving on, just mentioned BC's legislature. BC is going into a provincial election. They go to the polls on the 24th. This is not scheduled. Um, 24th of October? Not, yeah. Okay. They, uh, they weren't supposed to have an election until next year. BC, up until this point, has been operating under an NDP minority government supported by the Greens. And the Greens were down to keep supporting the NDP government for another year until the election. And the Greens and BC are actually quite upset that this election was called because they felt that that was kind of like a fast one pulled on them because they weren't consulted about it, even though they've been supporting this government. And now they're kind of scrambling to nominate candidates. So the government, the NDP called the election? Yes, because they're riding high on COVID popularity right now and they see themselves getting a majority. That almost always backfires. If If all of a sudden the populace thinks you're wasting money calling an election people get pissed off yeah well i mean we'll see right now it's still looking very good for john horgan's ndp you know they're playing the line of we need a stable majority government to guide us through this entire corona pandemic and you know we're going to the polls next year anyway it's not going to be done by then we don't want let's let's get this out of the way give us a stable majority and we will get you through this pandemic and they're falling for it yeah well Well, they're mostly high out there what do they know (laughs) <laughs> I mean, John Morgan's one of the most popular premiers in the country right now. He's looking at an easy, It's a, like everybody's saying, John Horgan's election to lose. Yeah, that's how it always starts. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think that's a dangerous game. Yeah. Plus, well, it, it is, I would agree with the Greens. It's. Uh, it was pretty nasty if they didn't mention it to them first. Yeah, no, I think it was pretty nasty. And, and the fact that, you know, the Greens had been supporting and they were down to support. It wasn't like the government was going to fall or anything. Yeah, uh, no, that's that's what I'm of- saying. That's a wasted election. There was no need. It was going to happen next year. Probably still COVID's going strong. So he could have had the same argument next year. We need a good, solid majority to get through it. And yet yeah. he, he backstabs them and, and tries to get a quick one in the midst of the pandemic. When who knows what the voter turnout will be like. Yeah. It's just, uh, I don't like it. Me neither. And I generally like John Horgan's government, but I, I think I think he was kind of nasty on all this. I would agree. Yeah. But the other, the other provincial election that's being kind of murmured about is Ontario. Because Doug Ford is very quickly 
nominating candidates in every riding for whenever the next election is. But people are saying, you know, if he's rushing to fill all of these slots, but we're not supposed to have an election for another two years, is he going to call an election? Is he going to call an election? And, you know, he's been behind. He's been dragging in the polls for so long. But right now he's at his height again riding the COVID popularity so is he going to try to secure another majority while he's at this height of popularity i would repeat my answer for the british columbia guy it almost always backfires and i think it's more likely to backfire here you're talking two years out instead of one he already has a majority he doesn't have a minority he's not in the same situation I think there's more chance of it backfiring here than there. Plus, the Ontario yeah. voters are a bit more fickle than, I think, the B.C. voters when it comes to wasting taxpayers' money. Plus, that's Ford's whole thing. And two years, is you haven't finished your mandate. You're halfway done. You still have yeah, another two years to go. You call an well, election now, could, people are going to be mad. You could come out and say, what mandate? I didn't have a platform. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think that the numbers right now are an illusion. I think people are maybe approving of how he's handling it, even though I don't think they should be. But if you call an election where there are debates and the Liberals and NDP can remind everybody about all the things they've hated over the past two years, that could bite him in the butt. And it's a waste of money during a time where we don't have much because they're giving it away to support people. Yeah. But uh, so a part of me thinks that it's not going to happen, but also if it's not why is he in this rush to nominate all these candidates and he we, we do have to remember is he is an idiot he's, he's you know? got people around him that know what he's what they're doing though yeah but the, i just i understand why it's being speculated about because i if he's not planning to call an election soon then i don't understand why he's suddenly rushing to fill all these candidacies i don't know so he probably dared him yeah possibly but that's, that'll be something to keep an eye on. It'll be very interesting if that happens. Yeah, I, I would think he would think better of it. I I would be shocked if he won again if he did that right now. I think I think it's better for him to wait two more years. If he keeps going with the COVID thing and, and Ontario pulls out of it and then the economy starts to come back, he could be in better shape than than he is even now. You know? like it's it, it, I think it's a mistake for him. Even more so than the BC one. The BC one's only a year away. It's a bit of a snap election, not really a time for anybody else to prepare. It was a dirty move, but this would just be dumb, I think. Yeah, yeah. But what do I know? (laughs) I know that's what I got for Trudeau. I saw that the security services that protect Parliament Hill are stepping up their presence in the area because there's been a lot of reports of harassment against politicians. Apparently. Apparently there was a video of Jasmeet Singh being followed down the street in front of Parliament by a man who was asking the uh, the NDP leader if he wants to be arrested. And later on, later in the video, he says, next time they see each other, they will have a dance. Yeah, I saw that. Now, you that's wonder if that's a harassing a politician or someone who's just bigoted. But either way, probably right to step up some security there. That shouldn't be happening. And it's, yeah, it's no, a I'm bit disappointing. Not. Like, I don't... I, I never thought of you know canadians in that way like like politicians are just people doing for the most part i i do believe they're just doing what they consider to be the best for the for the country for the province you know what i mean they're just whatever their beliefs are that's what they're trying to do they they think their way will work i don't think there's many politicians except for one notable exception slightly south of us that go in there and and think 
about enriching themselves or i mean everybody gets paid for their work but it's not i think they're trying to do what they believe will work for the country now you may disagree with that you may agree with that but that's what they're doing and then to to harass to like harass them to the sense that you're you're at their place of work bugging them i mean it's one thing in question period you're allowed to but when he's walking down the street leave the guy alone yeah i i mean I think it, it is it is definitely bigoted. It would not have happened if he was a white man. Well, we, we I mean, you just don't know. No, I, I mean, you can say I, likely, I but you don't know that. Everybody, he's not the only one being harassed. There's no, there's an uptick yeah. in harassments of everyone, all the politicians there. So it's probably not just. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I didn't look into it. That was just the only one I saw, but. I would imagine it's everyone. Like there's just it's I think it's a bit contagious from the states where we're, all of a sudden there's this great divide down the middle of the country and and people feel like they can rather than rather than have a a discussion where they talk about the issues and disagree and over a beer or a glass of wine and they're still friends at the end they're the, you know I mean it's just it's just an argument it's just shouting and yelling and it's starting to come up here and yeah, I don't absolutely. think I don't think it, it used to be that way at least not here. No, I, mean, I think a lot of... When it came to discourse, I agree. I don't think it used to be that way. It's hilarious. You can look up on YouTube the very first recorded and broadcast session of Parliament. Right. Um, and Pierre Trudeau was Prime Minister and Joe Clark was Leader of the Opposition. Oh, one of the Prime Ministers did get a pie shoved in his face. I think that was Cretchen, but anyway, sorry. I digress. Go ahead. And it's they, it's so funny, I find... Because they stand up and they're reading off of pieces of paper and they're like being so nice to each other. And it's just so, it's so, they're so painfully aware that they're on camera and you can see how desperately they're trying to behave. Hmm. And, and they're trying to be so cordial. And it's interesting how it's digressed from that. Like, like these two men who thought, I'm on camera, the nation can very easily see me, everybody, so I have to behave. And now it's like everybody can see me, so I need to act it up and blow this up so that everyone is much more scared than they need to be and will vote for me. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, that's just society in general. It's just changed. Uh, so, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, you can't, society has changed from the 1950s to the 2020s. There's, yeah. It's not the same anymore. For better or for worse. Some things better, some things, well, probably mostly better. But, you know what I mean? Like, they were, if they were acting like that, it was acting. Yeah. Whereas now there's yeah. now it now there's just now they just know it's acting and they they'll ham it up even more. But it's just a different form of acting. They act the way they think the population wants to see them act. Yeah. You know it's something I've always objected to. If you go to the gallery at question period at the ledge or Parliament Hill or whatever, you have to sit there in in silence. And I definitely think that everybody should be quiet like i don't even think parliamentarians should be heckling when you know the prime minister or the premier or something is trying to answer a question because don't ask a question and then don't let them answer it or rather don't let them avoid answering it but i think that you know after the answer you know sure i think people should be allowed to react and technically you know you're an elected official i pay taxes i pay your salary i cast a vote you you work for me I should be allowed to boo you Absolutely. if I want to. Yeah, no, you can boo a hockey player. Why can't you boo a politician? Yeah, if, if you know, like, once once you're done talking, once you have spewed your nonsense, and I think it's bad, I should be able to let you know that I think it's bad. 
because you're, you know, technically my employee, and I, you know, I swear, I, I think you should be able to boo at certain times from the gallery when yeah. you're a citizen. They're gonna have like a like a Jimmy Fallon applause light or something, like a boo or boo <laughs> yeah. or cheer. It's okay to boo or cheer yeah, now. Exactly. Like, just got thirty seconds to voice your opinions on any issue. Yeah. I think it's ridiculous that you're not allowed to to react. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. There's no why even allow a gallery if they have to sit there and be quiet with their hands on their knees. Yeah, exactly. All right, over to Trump. I see he now this week has nominated Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court, and they are trying hard to get her in before the election. Yeah. Biden is is trying to get. Uh, Senate Republicans to wait, trying to get them to see the hypocrisy, but it yeah, it, it doesn't sure they look do. like I just don't think they care. they just don't care. Trump, it seems Trump has the votes. Romney yeah, looks like does. he'll vote to confirm, and even though a, a large percentage, the vast ma- the majority of the American people want want him to wait till after the election, but I don't think. Mitch McConnell doesn't care about the election. He doesn't care if Trump loses the election. Getting that sixth judge in the Supreme Court is way more important. They yeah. will throw Trump under the bus to get that sixth court on the Supreme, sixth judge on the Supreme Court, because that is now a generation of laws that are going to change. She's young. She's like forty something. Yeah, yeah, she is. It's 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 a shame. And she's um, she's a she's noted. For being against Obamacare, yeah, it's. I mean, it's 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 almost criminal, and you know, it's. I, I saw something today that you know, this is a woman who walked through every single door Ruth Bader Ginsburg opened to her, so that she can close it behind her on everybody else. I mean, maybe. Just, I mean, I, I don't know that she'll she'll. Uh, I don't know that she'll vote away. I mean, she probably will vote away a lot of some women's rights but maybe not I don't, I don't know i don't know how she vote. i know she's anti-obamacare and i'm sure she's conservative or they wouldn't be appointing her oh yeah she's definitely anti-abortion and you know it's, it's horrible i saw that the only other time that there's been a vacancy this close to a presidential election was before abraham lincoln when abraham lincoln was running for re-election and he decided to wait until after the election to nominate somebody and I think that's very interesting because of how often Trump compares the, himself uh, to Lincoln. Yeah, and uh, and just Republicans in general constantly go on we are the party of Lincoln, you know? They they harp on that. They've been harping on that for 150 years or however long since Lincoln was president. But then, you know, they won't follow his precedent because it's not convenient for them. And and to be honest, if this were 4 years ago and you know, Obama was president, and what happened then happened this close instead of, you know, it happened further away with Obama, but if it happened this close, I would still say that what I was saying then, that Obama is still president, it's still his mandate, it's still his job, the Senate should at least vote, if not confirm. But what really gets to me about this, and why I think this is so criminal, it's not that it's not the president's job to fill, or like these, you know, you know, it's not the law. There's nothing saying he can't, except for the precedent that Republicans themselves fought so hard for four years ago. So what I think is really wrong with it is holding yourself, the Republicans holding themselves to a different standard than they hold the Democrats. Yeah. If that makes, you know? Well, yeah. And ultimately, 
it's about getting the judges you want in the Supreme Court. There's there's no standards. They don't care. And I, I hope, I don't know. I don't know if the Democrats would have done it every, any differently, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know either. And I mean, we may never know, because who knows when the next time they'll be able to replace the Supreme Court justice. It's a shame. Like, Hillary Clinton really needed to win 2016 because Trump now has appointed three Supreme Court justices in four years. Yeah. Like, that is... It was a bad time to lose, from that point yeah. of view. Yeah, it's like, he has he, he has appointed, you know, if, if Amy, uh, what's her name, Amy Conan Barrett goes through, he has appointed a third of the modern Supreme Court. Yeah, and they're all pretty young, and they will they will be there for 20 to 30 years. Yeah. I saw that in a largely symbolic move, because it won't go anywhere, but Democrats in the House introduced a bill to put an 18-year term limit on the Supreme Court. Yeah, and then there's the option of at, if they win the Senate and the White House, they can all, there's the option of adding more seats to the Supreme Court. Yeah. But that's, um, that's a dangerous precedent to set. All of a yeah, sudden, absolutely. people just keep adding more seats and more seats, and then you'll have like 30 people on the Supreme Court. Yeah. Can you, there must be a way to fire a Supreme Court justice. Can you impeach a Supreme Court justice? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know well, how well, you do it. You know what? You know what? I bet you can, but you have to have like a pretty good reason, and that reason probably can't be. We think you ripped us off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, don't like the valid. way you're ruling. Yeah, I don't think that's a valid ground for impeachment. But it's it's horrible. It's really a terrible situation, and I mean, it's just I don't know. It just feels like insult to injury that that he gets to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when it was like her dying wish that Trump doesn't replace her, but there's no. I mean, I mean, she should have recorded that. Yeah, uh, it's 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 horrible to see that like how little like it's not that they just disagree. It's horrible how to see how little respect Republicans have for Democrats, and it probably goes both ways. But I I have and maybe it's my bias showing, but I really think it's Republicans show no respect for Democrats, and then Democrats are like, well, why would we show you any respect if you're not showing us any respect? But, like, you know, it shows through to me in the fact that two hours after RBG's death was reported, Mitch McConnell was talking about replacing her. Yeah, and, and also the, there's a Republican, I had this written down later, but there's a Republican grassroots fundraising group called Win Red that was selling T-shirts that said notorious ACB on it which is pretty uh, disrespectful yeah it's it's just it, it's incredible how they just like they just do not care I, about I, the fact that this is a human being I also don't I don't know that the Democrats would be any different Mitch McConnell's awful I don't know if Nancy Pelosi's any better you know we just agree with her more there's 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 all there's pro there's so like look at what the Democrats did to Bernie in 2016 right the leader of the yeah. democratic party like they they decided hillary was going to win not the voters yeah no you're right it's corrupt I on both sides it is i think it's more widespread in the republicans it seems to me that it's like almost they're more every single they're one definitely of them. more out about it they don't care as much about showing yeah. it there doesn't seem to be any shame there but i don't know that that's better or worse i mean at least you know what you have yeah, I just think of, like, I can think of some Democrats, like Elizabeth Warren, who seem to me pretty honest and upfront about 
their beliefs and 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 strive to be you know fair and ed markey from massachusetts is yeah. another one i would have put um, al franken in that category too but then he had those issues yeah yeah al franken that that's an that was an interesting i mean here's the thing though but you know what the difference is al franken had the decency to step down after those accusations yeah you know yeah yeah he did he was he, like there is yeah there is a difference there whereas you know republicans were ready to elect a pedophile in alabama two years ago we could talk about this for hours because there's just so much there and how how awful it, it, it truly is is unbelievable and i saw something you know again this is not exactly respectful towards human life and maybe i'm turning myself into a hypocrite by saying this but i saw something on facebook the other day i was like how come it's never mitch mcconnell who dies <laughs> And, like, no, I don't want Mitch McConnell to just up and die. I would love for him to retire from politics, though. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. No. Although he is not a young man. Like, is he going to be in office till he dies? I wonder. Probably. Yeah. Uh, he's, I mean, he's 78. He looks older. He looks older than 78. Yeah, which is hard to do. Yeah, it is. But, like, I would have put him in his late 80s, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, sorry, go ahead. If you had something else i was just going to move on only, from there yeah no we can just move on i mean it's there doesn't seem to be anything they can do to stop it it looks like it's going to happen they said they can maybe the, the experts think maybe the democrats can delay it by a day or two at the most but not yeah. long enough to, well it would be the fact if they can do it before the election that would be like the fastest u.s conf- uh, appointment on history yeah by a day but, yeah. yeah but, but even if it doesn't go pat even if it goes after the election it doesn't matter yeah, because they have till January until they're out of power, yeah. assuming they lose. Yeah. So, we'll see. Mitch McConnell served 37 days in the U.S. military. Ooh, 37 more than Trump. Yeah, that's true. Well, how do you only and serve 37 days? Said, I mean, I'm just looking at a Wikipedia page, but it said in brackets, medical separation. Of what? His spine? <laughs> yeah. That must have been it. They were like, oh, we can't let you in. You need a spine to be in the military. Sorry. Still more legitimate reason than Trump's. Yeah. Well, foot spurs are a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they are. Coming up on... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I have to say, Mitch... I just learned this. Mitch McConnell's real first name is Addison. Huh. Addison Mitchell McConnell Jr. Yeah. (laughs) That tracks. Yep. He is the... Sorry, go ahead. No, I, no, we don't no. need to talk more about Mr. McConnell. <laughs> All right, I was just going to say the first debate's coming up this week. Oh, yes. Is it this week? Yeah, it is. I wrote that down here be- Thursday at 9, but for some reason I have in my head Tuesday, so I don't know if it's Tuesday or Thursday. But it's at 9 o'clock, and if you don't see it I, Tuesday, then it's Thursday. I don't... That's going to be very telling. That That first debate could completely change the tone of the entire election they, if biden doesn't do well they yeah absolutely and the the I, I don't know well the trump wants drug tests going in so yeah. if he's not allowed to get his his uh i don't know what drugs make you a better debater tuesday september 29th tuesday yes yeah, I, tuesday. I, yeah I thought tuesday for some i knew tuesday but for some reason i wrote down thursday but yes tuesday the 29th uh-huh. at nine o'clock yeah. now the Debate Commissioner Co-Chair, whose name is Frank Ferenkoff, something like that, Jr., said <laughs> debate moderators are not expected to fact-check either candidate. Which is ridiculous. I mean, I, obviously they can't to some degree. They can't 
fact check things that are obviously not lies. But if somebody's up there saying something that is a complete fabrication, does that mean they aren't allowed to call them on it? They said that he said that it's not like you're interviewing the person, you're a debate moderator, you're not a journalist interviewing him. So you have to be a moderator. It's not your. It's up to then. I guess it would be up to the other debate debater uh, to to chime in and say that's not true. I mean, I kind of understand that reasoning. But there's so many. Um, but if you, I don't know. I I I think I think what it boils down to though is obviously oh, he said either party, but we're not talking about Biden. We're talking about Trump. And it, yes, I think I think you need to. And, and the first moderator is Chris Wallace, right? Tuesday's Chris Wallace? I don't know. I think it is. And he's pretty up on a lot of things that Trump tries to pull over. It, it's handy if a moderator can almost be an interviewer for both sides. But, but when somebody's up there just lying, how can you just, as a responsible even moderator, how can you just let it go? Okay, yeah. thank you for your answer. You're right. Elephants have eight feet. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just dumb. It's just stupid. Yeah. Uh, it is Chris Wallace. Yeah, I thought so. And he's called Trump out in his interviews. Yeah. So he, he's he's definitely not shy to do it, but he's been told not to. So we'll see how it goes. I, I, I'm seriously concerned because Biden can sort of get that country boy Joe thing going where he... Uh, yeah. And, and I think you don't want to do... I don't think you want to get down and dirty with Trump. I think you have to... Yeah. I don't think you can take his garbage. Like, you have to come off sort of tough and put him in his place when he's talking crap. But yeah. I also don't think you want to dart into the name-calling and stuff like he does. No, yeah, you, you don't. And, I mean, Biden has to toe a careful line at this debate because the fact of the matter is he needs to do well. Trump is going to perform very poorly when you put him into, you know, normal human standards. But that doesn't matter, right? Yeah, no, no. He, he doesn't have to do well because he's never done well. He has never got on to a debate stage and done well by any reasonable, normal debate standards. But that doesn't matter for him. He doesn't need to be, like, good. But Biden does. Yeah. I was just looking. It says the six topics in the debate will be the Trump and Biden records, the Supreme Court, COVID-19, the economy, race and violence in our cities, and the integrity of the election. And I have to say, I think a blaring absence is climate change. Yeah. I, I mean, there's how many? Four debates? Maybe I'll catch it on another one. It's Maybe. It's it's not back burner, but, you know, it's hard to debate those topics. They're all pretty uh, legitimate. Yes. No, absolutely. I don't know. I just, I, I'm pretty sure climate change has been like a topic in every Canadian prime ministerial debate since I started watching them. Yeah, I mean, it's all run by TV now, so you have to... Yeah. They, they only have so much time. So what What are you going to yeah, leave off? True. Like the violence in the cities or something? Like, you can't do that. Yeah. I don't know if you need an entire topic on the Supreme Court. It seems pretty... It's like too late. <laughs> too yeah, late to yeah. do anything. Well, although I mean, maybe it's think... set up to point out the hypocrisy. Maybe. I, mean, I don't think they're going to spend, like, 15 minutes debating the Supreme Court. I like, they'll just be talking in circles and saying the same thing over and over. Likely. Trump was gloating about ending Obamacare the day after announcing uh, Amy Coney Barrett as his nominee because he knows, well, he knows what she is or he wouldn't be appointing her and nominating her. Yeah. So that'll be, 
Although once she gets nominated, I mean, is she a Supreme Court? Once she gets nominated and then approved by the Senate, is it the next day she's on the Supreme Court? I don't know. I think so. And then how long? I mean, they already have a docket of cases. How long till some some new cases get in, like Obamacare and that? And then if yeah. that's brought to the Supreme Court by the government, if it's a change in government before January, can yeah, you withdraw we'll the case? Uh, I mean, I, I have no idea how it works, but just I mean, curious. I mean, it might just need to be brought by a Republican state, you know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's true. It's uh yeah, just just like the abortion laws are generally like a state, not the not the country. Yeah, I will say I hope that if Biden wins, his first Supreme Court nominee, if he gets any, you know, if he lives long enough, it should be Merrick Garland. He's not going to get one. He's, they're all who's old now. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know, but some of them. I mean, it might just be replacing a Democrat, but still. I think, like, you know, there are still some people who have been there for a while. Clarence Thomas has been on there for a very long time. The Democrats should retire if Biden wins. All four of them, just yeah. All or three of them. Three of them. Just yeah, all, all three of them should retire. Unless one I of them is super young, just all retire and get 20-year-old judges in there. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, I have to say, the moral high ground only gets you so far, and if the Republicans are going to play dirty, play dirty back. Yeah. Maybe that's bad, but, you know. Isn't John... Weren't we talking about how John Roberts is talking about retiring? Maybe. I don't remember. That rings a bell. Yeah. I mean, he's 65, so yeah, he's probably not going to die anytime soon. Uh, Clarence Thomas is 72. Yeah, it's That's another there. Republican. 72 is up there. Yeah. Um, this is a, a Democrat, but he's 82. Ouch. Like, there, there are some people who... Yeah. yeah. Which, we, but, I mean, the fact that there's a Democrat who's 82 is... You know, like, geez, Biden really does need to win because there are some people who are getting up there. Yeah. I see Prince Harry and Meghan apparently weighed in on the election, although what they said was reject hate speech, misinformation, and online negativity in the most important election of our lifetime. Now, Trump saw that, Trump, the Trump team saw that as a swipe at him, and, and people are saying they've weighed in on the election. But really, it only is a swipe at Trump if you think Trump is, you know, has hate speech, misinformation, and online negativity. In which case, why are you voting for him in the first place? You know what I mean? Like, you have to say, hey, you're talking about me. And they can say, no, we aren't. We're talking about anybody with hate speech, misinformation, and online negativity. Yeah, then they're like, like they, no, that's me. <laughs> you, have to, you have to identify yourself as the person that does that, Right. Before yeah. it's before yeah. it's an issue for you, they he should have yeah. just said, "Oh, well, that's not me. I don't know who they're talking about. It must be Biden." Yeah, really. And then Trump and his allies, like uh, Tom Cotton from Arkansas, are supporting his refusal to commit to a peaceful transfer of power if he loses. Tom Cotton said something along the lines of, well, he's not going to lose, so we don't have to worry about it. But he means is he's just not conceding now. But that's not what he meant at all. But they yeah, just, no. just bootlickers. So many bootlickers. And I don't, Absolutely. I still don't understand why. What does he do for them? Enrich them? Some, he must, he must, there must be some sort of transfer of money somehow. Yeah, I don't know. But you know what I learned the other day that really got to me? Tom Cotton is up for re-election right now, and the Democrats are not fielding anyone against him. What? Yeah, and it's apparently not uncommon for, in a deep red state, for the Democrats just not to field anyone, because they're like, well, we're going to lose, so we're just not going to put the money into it. 
That's crazy. That's ridiculous to me because even if you're 100% sure you're going to lose, how do you ever expect to ever win that seat if you're basically telling the people of that state, we don't care enough about you to bother to run somebody? Yeah, that's like, insane. And and I think, and my understanding is that that's not uncommon for a deep red state. Now, I don't know if it the it same? happens in the reverse. Yeah, I was going to say, is like, the same in the reverse? I don't know if Republicans don't run a candidate in new york but i'm pretty sure they do you know yeah no i i, did, I don't so, understand how much you know i understand maybe running a smaller campaign but this guy's such a target like he's such an like he's just a such a bootlicker it, it's it just seems to be although if the voters don't care I, I don't know i i get it i get the frustration but i think you still got to fight the good fight yeah absolutely there is, like, I think you need to always be running somebody in every state, and even if you're going to lose, like, keep pushing your ideals, keep talking about what you believe in, and hope that one day you bring people around. Yeah. And in, uh, in an interesting sort of bit of Trump news, he is, Trump has, is, is on board for building a $22 billion railroad between Alaska and Alberta. So you'll be able yeah, to s- you'll be able to hop on a train there in Edmonton and and pop up to Nome. Yeah, I saw that. Um, Dawson's this is Creek. not a project I'd ever heard of until this moment. It can't be easy. There's some rough terrain up there. Yeah, Between but you know what? Ed- if uh, if the U.S. is going to pay for the entire thing, and depending on the environmental assessment impact, then I don't know. I'm not I'm not opposed. Is it? I just don't. I'm not sure. I get why. I mean, How many Albertans are sitting there going, man, if I only had an easier way to get to Alaska? <laughs> I imagine it's more about Alaskans wanting to come down to the U.S. easier. Yeah, like maybe. There just doesn't seem to be that many of them. When you get to Alberta, you don't have a car. You rent a car, it's hard to go across yeah. the border. It doesn't make it that much easier. Unless it's a train it that's going to carry their cars. You know, this is a car car on the train. Which yeah, it may be. I, I mean, the channel does. So maybe it's something like that. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, the question is: Is it worth twenty-two billion dollars? It's worth twenty-two billion American dollars. If they want to pay for it, knock yourself out, because it'll give Canadians jobs. I'm I'm all for it. But I I just don't I don't understand why you'd spend twenty-two. How many people live in Alaska? Seven. <laughs> yeah, and they all want to take the train to Alberta. They can't all <laughs> leave at once. Don't leave the state empty. <laughs> the Russians might walk in. Seven hundred and thirty-one thousand. Okay, I was just going to look it up, but you did. 731,000 yeah. live in Alaska. Yeah, more people live in Hawaii than Alaska. Well, that seems obvious. <laughs> Probably all the people who were born in Alaska and were like, screw this, yeah. I'm going to Hawaii. Out. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's something. I, I don't understand why it's been $22 billion. Hey, listen, go for it. It's better than the wall. It's a better idea than the wall. So yeah. So go for it. Trump, I'm behind you on this one. Build that railroad. Start that chant. Build that train. Build that. And the Americans will pay for it. Gordon Lightfoot can write another song. The, you know, he has the uh, Canadian Railroad trilogy. This can be the Albertan Railroad trilogy. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So this is, uh, I believe, coming out today. I think it was. Maybe it was yesterday, but I'm pretty sure it was just a few hours ago. Yeah. No, I saw. Um, I just saw this too. Yeah. Yeah, New York Times was reporting that Trump hasn't paid federal income tax in 10 of the past 15 years. And in some of those years that he did pay, 
it was as little as seven hundred and fifty dollars. And I mean, you fill out your taxes, and if that's what it comes to, that's what it comes to. I guess, like, I guess that's more of a problem with the American tax system than the than Donald Trump. But still, ten of the past fifteen years—it's a lot of years to get away with not paying any taxes. Especially if he's the billionaire that he claims to be. Yeah, like, there's just no way that he didn't owe anything. No, I mean, I think uh, I don't think I don't think Amazon ended up paying tax last year either. So it's you know, I mean, it's not unheard of for the extremely rich to be able to dodge taxes more and more easily than the middle class and below yeah no absolutely but I, I i just think there must be something fishy there if trump was hiding his tax returns so oh i jealous i think i think i i have no doubt there's something fishy there i think it's more likely he doesn't have any money is, is what he's yeah. hiding oh yeah but i i i do think that i'm not trying to say there isn't anything fishy there but i think that just because he hasn't paid taxes in 10 of the last 15 years doesn't mean it's not necessarily mean anything nefarious is going on, just that fact alone. I'm sure there yeah. is, but right now what they have reported, it's it's news, I guess, but it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, I, mean, I think what it means is that the Americans need a tax overhaul. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, but that's not new. No, it's not. It's just re, re, um, reinforcing what we already knew. Yeah. Uh, and then this is not really news, but uh, just sort of like interesting interesting tidbit. There is a site called 270 to Win that does like American election predictions. And uh, it allows you to put like, like it's like an interactive map and you can change what states go into who and all that. And then it'll do predictions and stuff. So I put in into the little algorithm thing, and I was telling you this earlier, Dad, but for the sake of viewers, listeners, whatever. Yeah. Um, I put in every state that Biden is pretty much guaranteed. All the strong blue states like, you know, like like the Californias and the Washingtons and the New Yorks and the Illinois and like those types of states, right? Yeah. All the states that Biden will win, all states that Hillary Clinton won in 2016 plus Michigan, but minus New Hampshire. I put in Michigan and take away New Hampshire because New Hampshire is considered more competitive than Michigan in this election. And then I put in all the red states that Trump is absolutely guaranteed. And if it was, if a state was even mildly competitive, I left it out. Like I'm, I, I left Georgia as a toss up. I left uh, Texas as a top toss up. You know, just mildly competitive. I left it out. And what it tells me is that there are 29 paths for Joe Biden to win. 11 paths for Donald Trump to win and seven ties but in every path where Donald Trump wins he must win both Florida and Texas which I I, I mean I think that's a pretty good you know Joe Biden's obviously I think in a good position is what this tells me but the where we get you know where Trump might steal an election is people are thinking will likely happen is on election night we'll have a red mirage where a lot of states seem to be leaning Trump, but they won't be called because so many ballots will be mailed in. And, you know, a, a lot of states and a lot of key states have laws that say that, you know, your ballot will still be counted if you mail it a month or a week to a month in, you know, or rather if it's received a week to a month in as long as it's postmarked the day of or the day before the election. Yeah. So, you know, they'll still be counted, and then a lot of these states might swing to Biden 
and Biden might end up winning because it's considered that most mail-in ballots will be Democrats because Democrats take COVID-19 more seriously. But if that happens, it's not hard to see Trump saying things like, well, I was winning on election night. How come they're, they're, we're just letting them steal this election? What's going on? There's voter fraud or it's unfair or, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And he takes it to the Supreme Court. And if he's stacked a 6-3 Supreme Court, they might not count a lot of mail-in ballots and it might let Trump come back in or like it might hand Trump a victory. I mean, I guess the reason I'm, I'm mentioning all this and bringing all this up is because that will be so unprecedented. And I don't know, I think it's something really to watch because who knows what will happen. Like if, if, if Trump steals, so blatantly steals an election in that way, in just a total affront to democracy, will the Democrats just roll over or what are the tools? Or like, like this is a situation that could devolve quickly, especially if like Democratic governors don't recognize the legitimacy of his presidency, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I have no, I have no doubt there's going to be controversy. I just, I don't do, I don't know how bad, but I have, I have no doubt in my mind. That sounded bad. Were you just attacked by a werewolf? No, um, Mochi was barking at a cat. Oh, okay. I have no doubt it's going to go bad. I've been saying that for months still. I, I don't, he's not going to, whether it's more hanging chads in Florida or whatever, this election is going to be tooth and nail. I think they're probably going to cheat as much as they can. And yeah. That being the Republicans. Uh, not that I'd put it past the Democrats, but I think it's just easier when you're in power and you have the big Supreme Court edge. Yeah. And, yeah the Supreme Court, the Senate and the presidency. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Even if he loses, I'm not sure he's going to leave. Like, I just don't, I don't see, I don't know if it's going to happen. And now mm-hmm. it's even, you know, and that's when the Supreme Court was 5-4. If it's now 6-3, and, and these people are in because Trump put them in, you know, three of them are in because Trump put them in. Yeah, no, that's Do you think I'm they're going to kick them out? Yeah, if we still had RBG on the court, then I think John Roberts would probably side with the Democrats, and we wouldn't have a problem. But... Now that we don't, and if he gets, you know, Amy in before before the election, or even in time to hear this this almost inevitable case, really, he could steal an election, and and I don't know what I like. I don't know what happens then, because that is just a total affront to democracy. You know, it's it's he it is completely care. authoritarian. I know he wait till he, he wins his next care, term. I know, <laughs> I know he doesn't care, but that's the but what I'm saying is like what what's the response what do democrats do like the, do they roll over or do they like incite or do they encourage do they say this isn't legitimate and try to form like a separate government like really what are their options i don't know but what and the other thing is hopefully hopefully it's not close hopefully the american people vote in big numbers and it's not close but if it's you know 50.5% to 49.5% or whatever it was, or 52 to 48, whatever it was last time. You know, yeah. I mean, you can't even really sort of rise up against that. Half the population wants it that way. Yeah. And and yeah, and, right. and that's the heavily armed half. Yeah, yes, you're right. But, I mean, the problem is, you know, like, even, even if it's overwhelming for Biden, but so much of that is the mail-in and you get all of that dismissed. Yeah, but if you have the population behind you, you you can you can I think you can do something you know you can do something. If it's fifty fifty, you're just going to tear the country apart. He needs sixty yeah. to sixty five percent of the vote, and then you can say, listen, you know what I mean. You can you can start talking about 
whatever, going in with the military and taking them out or whatever, right? Yeah. But you can but, have those but, conversations. But if you have 50% of the vote, you can't. You just got you have no choice but to suck it up, even if it's a stolen election. Just like yeah, Bush's but, election I mean, was stolen, right? Yes. But, yeah. Yeah. But that was, that was, that, I mean, the Bush, I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree that Bush election was stolen, but it was, you know, it was a state. It wasn't, you know, like multiple dozens of ballots across dozens of states. And, you know, it, it was, it was just Florida, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. It seems like it wasn't as wide a scale, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Well, we'll see it. And, and so much is going to come down to these debates. Biden needs to put in a good effort. You know, he, he doesn't need to come across as Obama, but he, he needs to not be that country boy Joe he can be, you know? Yeah. I'm most excited, though, for the Kamala Harris-Mike Pence debate. That's going to be phenomenal. Oh, that'll be, a, that'll be a joke, actually. It'll be, I mean, she'll crush him. It's, yeah, it's, exactly. It That's won't why be. it's going to be phenomenal. But nobody cares. People don't vote I, for the vice president. I don't know. I think I think the Trump campaign got a bit of a boost when Mike Pence wipes the floor with Tim Kaine. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't think people the vice president. No, people, people don't, don't vote, vote for, for the, the vice, vice president. president. But when I say that, I'm just talking about my own personal enjoyment. Oh, okay. Yeah, it should be enjoyable. Yeah, <laughs> she, <laughs> she should wipe the floor with him. Yeah, absolutely. Just crush him like a bug. Closer to fine. We'll have to keep these last couple things a little shorter because TNT went a little long this week. Just a little, just a tad. It's a exciting time in 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 politics, both both countries, because you got the you know. Anyway, I'm not I'm not going back there. Yeah, uh, I didn't I didn't write much down this week. I just have one thing. Uh, the New Zealand Prime Minister Janica Arden looks like she's Jacinda. on. Sorry, Jacinda Ardern. Okay, whatever those New Zealand people they don't know how to pronounce anything anyway it looks like she's en route to a victory again and that's good because I think you know she seems to be a good leader good head on her shoulders and oh yeah and you know just in general from what I from what what we've seen down there again as far as COVID goes I think you're pretty much set up to do well but but other things as well how she handled that shooting they had and, and and other issues I think the world needs more leaders like her so I'm glad to see her win Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, I think she's the best world leader there is right now. Like, the best, I mean, she's not head of state, the queen's head of state, but the best government leader there is right now. I, I love her. I, I love her. I'm so excited to, for her to be reelected. And it should be better, because right now she's in a coalition government with the New Zealand First Party, which is a crazy party. I'm actually surprised they're willing to work with Labour, but they're pretty, like, um, they're very populist, and they, they, they kind of defy right-left, but I think they're kind of holding the Jacinda Ardern's government back a bit and they're looking at losing a lot of seats and Jacinda Ardern's party is looking at gaining a lot of seats so I don't think she'll get a majority because they have proportional representation but she should get enough seats to maybe just work with the Green Party and then they'll have a great government right that's all yeah, I got so you know best of luck to her yeah best of luck to her uh, my, my closer to find I just have one thing and it's just uh, for me I'm I might I might have a role in a short film coming coming out in Edmonton that they're going to be filming soon. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. I have to send in an audition tape um, tomorrow, or, well, I'm planning to tomorrow, but if it doesn't get that done, there's no set date, just, you know, soon. So either tomorrow, Tuesday, something like that. But, so I don't, I don't, like, they haven't actually given me the role yet, but they've said, like, here's the character we want you to play, 
and we, we uh, you need to send us this audition tape, but they have told me the character that they want me to be already. Right. So so I feel like I have a pretty good shot at it as long as I'm not terrible in the audition tape. So what um, what is the movie? It's called The Phantom. It's it's uh, it's a short film of the opera. It used to be no no just The Phantom. Um, Menace and it. It, it used to be connected to... It was a student project coming out of Nate, which is another one of the universities in Edmonton. Um, but it's, my understanding is it's no longer connected to Nate for reasons I don't know, but they're still going ahead with the project. So it would film over three Saturdays in October. That's perfect. And, uh, and do you get uh, money? I No, I don't think I get paid, no. But IMBD credit? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't say anything about that. But at the end of the day, it's experience is something you put on your resume, and that I will take that. Absolutely, if that's all it is. I will take that uh, for sure. And what about that? Yeah. Uh, the video is that it yet? Nope. Oh. Not that I know of. I haven't found it, and I haven't received any emails. So I'm assuming it's not out yet. How long does it take to put that thing together? Right. It's just a music video. But yeah. who knows? Anyway, who knows? All right. Well, good luck with that. Thanks. I'll let you know how it goes. And now the end is near. So parting thoughts, and my parting thoughts is something that, that pissed me off this week. Um, I mean, anybody who who knows me or is, listens to the podcast and also knows who Rex Murphy is might imagine that Rex Murphy and I don't would, wouldn't get along and that I don't agree with much of what he says. For those of you who don't know, Rex Murphy is an old man who sometimes writes rambling articles in the National Post out of the goodness of their hearts lets them lets him be published on their page even though he's a horrible human being and he recently published an article and it was very much just racist old man ramblings where he tore into progressives and you know the left wing and i mean it's almost hard to make sense of this article and exactly what he's talking about i think he read an article on a news site called Vox. Vox is a left-wing news magazine. It is quite left-wing, and it is, in my opinion, not an overtly serious publication. I think it has some merit, but it is not like, you know, the CBC or anything. And Vox recently, uh, and he seemed to have read an article that said that Beethoven's Fifth Symphony was the height of white privilege and, uh, you know, attacked... Beethoven's symphony for, for, for something and said, you know, don't listen to it, we're canceling Beethoven or whatever. And I will be the first to tell you that that's ridiculous. It's it's a song. Like, like it's just a song. Like, yeah, Beethoven was a, a rich guy, but it's just a, a piece of music. Who cares? Yeah. But it really seemed to have gotten under Rex Murphy's skin because he wrote an entire freaking article about it. And I don't totally disagree with his point that you know, that's maybe a step too far. But I do take issue with him saying some of the other things he did about progressives, and I consider myself someone like that. And so I have one quote here. Unable to add matter of worth to the world, they, being progressives, vent their sorry envy at high culture via the cant of progressive ideology and identity politics. Also... There is also a huge accompanying cloud of nonsense and determined ignorance. Such bounty, such access, and in here he's talking about uh, like access to the internet and, and the technology communications age. Such bounty, such access to the best that our troubled kind has brought into life of the world does not go in this anti-enlightenment period 
without complaint, muttering and most determinedly political grievance. In every small mind, a lot of rain must fall. And I take a few issues with these two quotes. First of all, just the beginning. Unable to add matter of worth to the world, they vent their sorry envy at high culture, blah, 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 blah. I don't even know how to begin talking about that, because who is Rex Murphy to decide who or who doesn't or what or what is worth in the world? And would he like us to start measuring people by what worth they add to the world? Because Rex, I don't think you do, because I don't think you'd fall very high on that list. And to then say, like, oh yes, to then criticize an anti-enlightenment period when Rex Murphy has written countless articles about how climate change isn't that big of a deal or how, you know, it is wrong to be transgendered or, or the fact that it's become too politicized or anything along those lines just because Rex Murphy is out of touch of the times, just because he doesn't understand that science and ideas progress and we learn more about things, you know, doesn't mean that this is anti-enlightenment. And if it is, it is his side that is the anti-enlightened. And so just the fact that, that they're still letting this man write articles and he's and he'd like he's allowed to publish things like this on one of the biggest journalistic publications in the country i think it's a problem because people listen to this and you know everyone has the right to express their opinion and rex murphy sometimes puts together a logical argument but when you have something like this that is just you know hateful rambling it's it's dangerous it's ridiculous and it, it just really got under my skin yeah I didn't read it, and I didn't read the original article either, so it's hard for me to comment on either of them. But it seems like it seems like maybe Vox went a bit too far, if that's what he was commenting to. But this seems like a way overreaction to an article that went too far. And if you're if you're talking about a specific article and a specific author, you can't apply that to a whole movement, just like you can't apply his response to the whole you know right-wing movement it's yeah it's it's just an author it's one it's one person's opinion and the same with the vox article i don't i don't see the leap there uh that he's that he seems to be making yeah i i agree and and you know i would say that vox published this article that doesn't mean that you know everyone at works at vox or everyone who who uh, reads vox will buy into that and rex murphy wrote this article and uh, you know that doesn't mean everyone at the national post believes that or everyone who reads the national post will believe that but rex murphy didn't seem to realize that i don't think he seemed to realize that he is almost doing the exact same thing that that vox article does just on the flip side yeah yeah absolutely but what I will say is a critical difference is that Vox is a Vox is a niche, small, rel- comparatively small publication, and the National Post is one of the biggest publications in the country. And does he reference I mean, the article that he's talking about in his response at all? Yes, yes, he does. Oh, okay. He I, he he briefly. I think like when I was going through it, maybe I was just too angry to properly process. But to me, it seems like a very brief mention 
about this article before he goes on about how nobody appreciates high culture anymore and all these worthless progressives who don't matter to society because they're useless and have no ideas of their own. So they're trying to tear it down just because they can't appreciate it. I'd like and to understand. Really, I'd like to understand his definition of high culture. Yeah. It, I mean, it really comes off as somebody at the height of privilege preaching about why his privilege is so important. And he's like, everyone should appreciate privilege, but not everybody has it. And it, it, it in itself, the article in itself becomes so disconnected with this idea of what Vox is criticizing, which was Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Why just the fifth? Like, Sorry? Why just the fifth symphony? I mean, I don't know. I, are you criticizing Beethoven or not? Like, are you cri criticizing Beethoven or are you just criticizing one of his symphonies? I don't know. I didn't read the Vox article. I don't read many mm -hmm. Vox articles. Um, I do know of them and I do follow them, but I don't read many Vox articles because I don't put too much weight, despite being on the left wing. I don't put too much weight in Vox because I find that a lot of things they publish is kind of like, eh, might be just like extraordinarily biased. Mm -hmm. But Rex Murphy just takes a small thing blows it way up and goes totally off track like it's not even a direct response to the article it's taking the article and blowing it into everything you know maybe beethoven's fifth is his favorite piece of music <laughs> maybe but you know rex murphy he writes things that really pisses piss me off but but this one really got under my skin because it was just so I mean, it wasn't just an, it wasn't an argument, it was attack. And it was an attack on a broad group of people. And, and the thing that, that pushed, really aggravated me was when he was saying that, you know, unable to add anything of worth to society. Well, who are you to decide that, Rex? Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, oh. that's my two bits. Mine are a little bit lighter. <laughs> uh, we, we, I don't know if I told you this story, but did I tell you the story of going to pick up Madeline's Orientation Week box? Yes, you did. On, on there? On the podcast? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, on this podcast. Two okay. weeks ago, I think. Yeah, yeah, because that's when it happened. So, then you've heard the story of the coupon. Yes. So, the coupon finally came into its validation period. So, we went up there Friday, and, and we got some U of G swag. So, you need to... Uh, you need to you need to uh, pull up your bootstraps and get some U of A swag when you come back to to match yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's what Mom told me, but I don't have a coupon, and that stuff's expensive. It is. It's really expensive. Even at twenty five percent off, it's pricey. They must yeah, be on sale sure. now. I mean, it's COVID. It must be maybe. a COVID sale. <laughs> maybe the store isn't even open. Yeah, that could be. Anyway, so that was nice. We met, she got a couple of notebooks and uh, working hard at school, and now with the official uh, Guelph stuff yeah and also the the jays clinched a playoff spot a couple days ago and and after their loss today it's determined they'll play tampa bay rays in the first round so good luck to them i think i think a lot of their hopes are right it's a three-game series it's, baseball is normally well it was always growing up there was just one team that made the you won the american league you won the you won the national league and you went to the you went to the uh, American League East-West, National League East-West. The two winners would play. The winners would go to the World Series. Done. And then they realized yeah. they were missing out on a lot of money, so they expanded the playoffs and, and allowed a few more teams in. But it's still just a couple couple of rounds. And then they added the wild card teams that have a one-game play-in. 
Uh, but this year's different because of COVID. So they had eight teams from each division going in. And and pre, pre-COVID, the Jays didn't have a shot at making the playoffs. But with COVID, they, they managed to squeak in in the second wild card spot. And, and they're playing the first place team, which will be tough. But they played them tough all year. So they have one ace pitcher, uh, Ryu, who will be pitching game one. So if they can win that game then they only have to win one of the next two to move on, and that would be exciting. Haven't seen the Jays in the playoffs in a while, so looking forward to that. Yeah. You know, I I very rarely check in with baseball, but whenever I do, I feel like maybe 75% of the time the Jays are playing the Rays. This year especially a lot because it was a really condensed cycle, so you played a lot of the uh, interdivision stuff. Had a lot of games in your own division. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they, they hadn't actually played the Rays in a while. They played a lot of them in the early in the season. They had a lot of games okay. against them early in the season. But anyway, well, it should be it should be uh, it, it's going to come down to that game one. Then they if they if they lose game one, they're finished because he was their best pitcher. Uh, but if they win game one, then then you just need to get lucky in one other game. So good luck to them. I'd like to see them move along. Move along. You know, a little little bit of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. That wraps up week four, episode four, season two. A very long episode. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk at you next week. Andy.